The information provided herein is for training and educational purposes only and is not for solicitation. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, President of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you as prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. And welcome to today's episode of The Capitalized Life and Retirement. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. I am so happy to have you here today, and I hope that you're having a blessed day, that it's a good day for you. You know, today we're going to be discussing something along the lines of the Titanic. And, you know, having a radio show that is dealing with retirement and life in general, we have to talk about the good, but you know what? We also have to sometimes talk about the things that are not so good to talk about, the things that are more painful, kind of on the ugly side of life, but better to know it and to be ready for it than to be blindsided by it. And that's the reason that we're using kind of the metaphor of the financial iceberg today. You remember the story of the Titanic. It's something that's indelibly put in our mind. Most everyone knows about the Titanic. And there was a lot of marketing that went into the Titanic. Namely, the Titanic was presumed to be completely what? Unsinkable. And that's what we want for our retirement. We want to be unsinkable. And you know what? By all we know about the Titanic, it probably should have been completely unsinkable. But the problem is there were so many different warnings that were not heeded. And as a result, the Titanic did sink. So let's explore the story of the Titanic. Number one, it was a magnificent creation. It was several city blocks long. It had 10 different floors. It was just a wonderful piece of created history. And forget where it was actually going. The Titanic in and of itself was really the destination. And, you know, making it to retirement isn't really your destination. Being retired and doing the things that you want to do in retirement, now that's your destination. Maybe it's for you to take trips. Maybe it's for you to take and spoil your wonderful grandbabies. Maybe it's just to be able to spend time in the backyard gardening and volunteering at the local soup kitchen. Retirement is not your destination. It's those things that you want to do in retirement that's your destination. But there's things that are going to jeopardize you being able to be successful in doing all those things that you want to do if you're not careful to watch out for them. And so one of the things that we need to be discussing today, especially, is inflation. Now, inflation is one of those topics that everybody has an opinion about. And there's several that think that we're going into a state of deflation next versus inflation. Either which way, we're not most of us really concerned about deflation because we know that it's not really something that's likely to happen, although it could. It's the inflation part that really bothers us because we know that the longer we live, the more goods and services are going to be costing us more and more money. And it's there that I want to kind of start. You see, we're in a position right now where if you're retired, you're likely to be consuming goods and services that are going to be more inflatable. 
In other words, when you're retired, you don't want to drive the same old crappy station wagon that you've always driven. When you're retired, you'd like to be able to maybe upgrade and drive a little nicer car, maybe that Chrysler 300 or a Cadillac. And that's going to cost you more money. Maybe when you go on vacation. Now, if you have a little bit of Dutch blood in you, like I've got in me, you know, maybe when you're retired, yeah, you do still stay at the Motel 6 to save money. But most retirees would like to stay at a little nicer place when they are traveling. And while they're traveling, maybe they're going to go out to dinner and they would like to have a little nicer dinner. Maybe they're, they're they're kind of tired of the McDonald's and they don't want to go to McDonald's. They don't want to go to Subway. They want to go have a really nice steak or a really fancy Italian meal. And so you see all those things cost more. So forget inflation. They're just more expensive. But then as we age, we also know that our bodies start to break down. And we know that in this particular case that we have the need for medication. And medication is certainly not something that was likely a part of your life when you were 30 and 40 and maybe in 50, but you get into your 60s and 70s and now you've got to be able to take a bit of a heart pill and a blood pressure pill and a cholesterol pill and that sort of thing to keep you going. And so you know that the cost or the inflation of medications is going through the roof today. Well, those goods and services are going to be something that your retirement savings are going to feel the effect of. So if you're thinking, yeah, that makes sense, or you have questions about our discussion today, I'd like you to reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value, and we'll email them to you or we'll throw them in the mail to you if you prefer. If you have questions, we will answer them. So take the first step, reach out at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And that brings us to the next kind of financial iceberg, which is low interest rates. Low interest rates have plagued us for a very long time in this country. We remember back in the early 2000s, at the turn of the century, the stock market took a real dump and the dot-com bubble burst. And from 2000 to 2003, the stock market lost 50%. And what it lost in three years, it then took four years to recover from. And we never made it back to the previous side until 2007. Well, just think about inflation for just a moment. You know, if you had, say, quarter million dollars sitting in a 401k in 2000, in 2007, it could be said that you know, your quarter million dollars was back. You made all your money back. But did you? Did you really? The same number shows up on your statement in 2007 as what you had in 2000. But did you really come back? And the answer is, well, no, because during that period of time, there was roughly about 21% inflation. And so that means that your quarter million dollars really wasn't worth a quarter million dollars anymore. The number was still the same. The balance looked to be the same. But the buying power of that money was no longer the same. It had less buying power. And so interest rates started to be monkeyed with by the Federal Reserve. And we remember the story. We were in the midst of a financial crisis. And 2007 hit and the stock market starts correcting. And the Federal Reserve started printing money and they started buying bonds and they started manipulating interest rates down because they felt if interest rates went down, well, that would get you to build a new home and to 
you know, buy the new car and that sort of thing. But it really gave the Federal Reserve and the government a lot of heartburn because you and I didn't do it. Investors were scared and investors took whatever money they had and they started paying off their debt instead of taking and going out and buying more stuff. And so those interest rates have plagued us really since the mid-2000s. And it wasn't but just a month or two ago, the Feds decided that, you know, they had raised interest rates four different times in 2018. And they said, enough's enough. We're not going to raise the interest rates anymore. And in fact, they inverted the yield curve. Now, what that means is basically that they took and they adjusted the interest rates on long-term government bonds to such an extent that now you could buy short-term government bonds that were paying more than long-term government bonds. And that brings us to what happens in a low interest rate environment. When you're in a low interest rate environment and you're disgusted because you're looking at the bank and you're seeing the low interest that you're getting in the bank and you're looking at CD rates and they stink too and you look at government bonds and they're kind of ridiculous, you realize that your money is not making enough money to keep ahead of inflation. And you know that if you live long enough, it's going to force you to potentially run out of money before you run out of life. So what is the answer? Well, in most investors' minds, the answer is to compensate for the low interest by putting their money into the stock market. And that's an issue that we're going to be dealing with for a better part of today's program. You see, when interest rates remain low for a long period of time, people grow impatient. And with the Fed's not raising interest rates now, it's raised the concern that, well, my money's not going to be doing anything, so I better invest my money in riskier things in order to make a gain. Because at the end of the day, while it looks as though the stock market continues to go up, but therein lies the problem. The problem is, is that we start to begin to drink the Kool-Aid of all the brokers and all the brokerage firms and all the information that gets passed around in the marketing of of Wall Street. And the Kool-Aid is really this, that why you have to have money in the stock market in order to make up for inflation. It's a good inflation hedge. But let me ask you, if you end up with your money in the stock market and the market declines, it goes through another major stock market correction, as history suggests that it might, what does that mean? It means that the cost of goods and services continue to inflate while your money is deflating, while the value of your money is going down. And you really don't want to sell while your shares are down. So what do you do? You you hold on. You get convinced that you need to keep your money in the market. And because you've lost so much, now you're having to wait for your money to recover. You see, it's a vicious cycle. While you're waiting for the market to come back, you're still losing to inflation because the goods and the services are continuing to go up. And so when we look at what took place in 2007 to 2009, the market had a major correction. When I say major, I mean major. The stock market, the S&P lost over 60% during a two and a half year period. You remember it. You probably remember the feeling of looking at your investment statements and watching them continue to decline and go down. Well, we need to ask ourselves if we first and foremost believe that there's one of two possibilities. The first possibility is that the stock market's going to continue to go onward and upward and the worst is over. Or 
is it possible that we should say time out, not so fast? We believe that there is way more potential for a third major correction. Well, this is an important thing to consider because you see, if you and I agree that in general, history tends to repeat itself more often than not, what do we need to do to know where we are today? Sometimes it's very important to look back. And so in the next segment of today's program, we're going to be looking at the stock market. We're going to be looking at the ebb and the flow of the market, what makes up the market and how the market behaves in general over history and over the long run. I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you. And we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. Stick with us if you want to hang around and hear the conclusion of this matter. We'll be right back. So how's this latest stock market roller coaster ride treating you? You know, you've worked too long and too hard, scrimping and saving for retirement to have it exposed to this market volatility or gobbled up by some retirement spend-down scheme. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, hoping for different results. For your free, no obligation, no more volatility information kit, call 866-290-3837. That's 866 866- 2903837 It's time to get off the roller coaster and get serious about how you're planning for retirement using tools and strategies designed to generate steady predictable income so you may have the retirement you've worked so long and so hard for for your free no obligation no more volatility information kit call 866-290-3837 or visit johnsonwim.com For baby boomers, here's something to think about. Will you have enough income during your retirement? Are you absolutely sure? Do you understand the difference between growth and income? How about bonds and bond funds? Are you 100% ready for RMDs? Do you have an estate plan? If you've said no to any of these, we can help. Right now, for the first five callers, we'll send you a free, custom-designed, animated video retirement kit to help you plan for the retirement you've worked so long and so hard for. These custom video kits are loaded with cutting-edge retirement technology custom designed to your specific areas of need. There's nothing else like them. So call right now to receive your very own custom designed animated video retirement kit. Call 866-290-3837. That's 866 866- Two nine zero three eight three seven. And welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, President and Owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Welcome back. We are discussing today financial icebergs. And if you're just joining us, we're basically discussing the things that we know that potentially could affect us in our future in retirement and our retirement success. And we've looked at least two of them, the first being inflation. And inflation is a very real thing. 
But number two is going to be low interest. And you see, with the cost of goods and services going up and the paltry amount of interest that most of us are now making in our bank accounts and on our CDs and government bonds, you start to feel as though there's a bit of financial pneumonia that is occurring. You're starting to feel the stranglehold of inflation as things continue to become more expensive to buy and to utilize and to consume, and yet your money's not keeping up with the inflation. So that brings us to the third point, which is stock market volatility. You see, when a person feels as though they're just disgusted with low interest rates, what they tend to do is compensate for those low interest rates by putting their money into things that are more risky because they perceive that there's greater reward. But the problem is, is that if we don't know from a historical standpoint where the market has been and what the market is capable of doing, then sometimes it can create an iceberg out of nowhere and it can cause great financial harm. So let's go back in time a little bit. Let's talk about the history of the market. And I'm not going to go back too far. We'll just go back about 100 years or so. You see, there's long periods of time in which the markets do really, really well. We call these secular bull markets. But then there's also long periods of time in which the market doesn't do well at all. And we call those bear markets. Market sleeps like a bear or it runs like a bull. But if we go back in time and we start to analyze how things have occurred, and these things are out there for the viewing public, you might have to do a little bit of investigation at the library or online for some time. But, you know, you can go back to resources like Ibbotson, which is like Jimmy the Greek for the market. It basically tracked the market. And you can prove these things to yourself. But if we go back to 1899 to 1921, during that period of time, the market was going through a secular bear market. Now, what's the word secular mean? Well, secular means long-term. You see, today, stock market analysts and stockbrokers and financial advisors, they'll talk to you about bear markets and bull markets, but what they're referring to is cyclical cycles, which are very short-term. So we can look at, say, October to December of 2018, and we can call that a cyclical bear market. The market lost 20% in two and a half to three months. And then we can look at January to say where we are today. And we can say, well, that's a cyclical bull market, right? They talk in short-term segments. But you see, over the long, long run, if you end up having lots of volatility and you end up losing and getting back and losing again and getting back again, well, the whole thing is really a bear market. And from 1899 to 1921, we went through literally 22 years of bear market volatility. Lots of corrections, lots of recoveries, and then more corrections to come. Now, from our history books and the knowledge of our history books, remember from 1921 to 1929 that that was one of the best times in stock market history. The market exploded and the market went up. But let me ask you, did it last? It didn't. Because you see, in 1929, the market corrected, and this time it created the Great Depression. We ended up watching over 90% of the market disappear in 1929. And here's the thing, from 1929 to 1954, 25 years of bear market volatility, 25 years of waiting for your money to come back. That's a long period of time. 
From 1954 to 1966, the market went back into a secular bull market. This time, things were going well, but you're starting to see a trend here where the market goes from bear to bull and back to bear again. And it didn't last because in 1966, the market shifted back into another secular bear market. And from 1966 to 1982, the market had more volatility, more losses, and just very little, if any, growth at all. But then we hit 1982. And you remember this. In fact, it was the best market from 1982 to 2000. The market grew very, very steadily until it got into the 90s. And from basically about 1994 to 2000, the market just skyrocketed. And everyone was excited. But even though we're all optimists and we believe that it can go to the moon, let me ask you, does it? No, it never has and it never will. It's going to feel like it's going to go to the moon, but it never does. And in 2000, the stock market went back into another secular bear market. Well, from 2000 to 2013 and 14, we felt the brunt of that. We saw the stock market lose. 50% in the first correction from 2000 to 2003. We saw the stock market correct again from 2007 to 2009, where it lost over 60%. And then finally recovering back to 2014. And from 2014 to today, it feels as though it's gone up significantly, which it has. But the question now becomes, is it possible Is it possible that this is going to be the first time in 200 years in which the stock market rewrites history and we end a secular bear market after only, say, 13 years? I believe that history is pretty pronounced in showing us that it's very, very likely that we've got more volatility to come. And you need to be careful if you're compensating for low interest in your bank accounts and in your investments by taking your money and pushing it into the stock market, thinking that it's the only place that you can make money. Because your biggest financial iceberg is going to be that of having to go through a third major correction, another set of losses that will force you to sit there and to not only have to wait for your money to come back, but if you're in the midst of retirement, now you're having to cannibalize your assets, your savings. And if you're in stocks and stock mutual funds and index funds, what do you have to do? You have to sell shares to get income. And if those share prices are declining, what are you doing? You're having to sell more and more and more shares. So you see, the financial iceberg of having a volatile stock market is a big one. And it's one that risks, jeopardizes, and potentially causes failure in accomplishing all of your retirement goals. So if you're thinking, yeah, that makes sense, or you have questions about our discussion today, I'd like you to reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value, and we'll email them to you or we'll throw them in the mail to you if you prefer. If you have questions, we will answer them. So take the first step, reach out at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. So what is the answer? What is the answer to low interest rates and to inflation and to stock market volatility? 
Well, I believe as a financial advisor that works with individuals that are preparing for retirement and they are retired, most everyone acknowledges that they have one need of one thing in retirement in order to be successful, in order to not run out of money before you run out of life, and that's income. And so I believe the answer lies in income. Things that are fixed income, that are creating fixed income, and we'll use something as simple as the lowly corporate bond. You see, when you have bonds, you are investing by contract. Bonds are paying you a steady stream of interest income every single year. And even if the market is volatile, and of course, we we all know that we have the risk of default, any company can go out of business. But if we're diversified within the individual bonds that we own, we're getting a steady stream of income. And we know that when we hold that bond to maturity, subject to default, we're going to get all of our money back. And so all of that volatility never really affected us. We can look at things like preferreds. So preferred stocks are stocks, but they're not common stock. And the reason you buy a preferred is because you want the dividend income that's coming into you. And that portfolio of interest and dividend-laden income allows you to do one really neat thing. If your focus becomes shifting from growth to income, as it should be as you get older, now you're in a position where your principal can remain intact. And your principal can remain intact, creating interest and dividend income, income that you can spend or income that you can save and reinvest for more income later. Think of it this way. What if you went out and you purchased an apartment complex? Let's say that you bought it for, say, $100,000. And you've got four tenants in this apartment complex, and each of them have signed lease agreements. And they're paying you rent every single month. Let's just say that you're getting paid I don't know, $1,000 a month, we'll say. Well, now think about this. After one month of owning that apartment complex, are you going to get onto Zillow.com and figure out the value of the apartment complex and see if it went up or see if it went down? Or are you going to be more apt to run out to your mailbox and look for the rent checks? That's right. You're going to be focusing on those rent checks because you got four tenants with all signed lease agreements and they are paying you a steady stream of income every single month. You see, when we invest for income, not only is it safer, not only is there less risk associated with it, but it's steady. It's consistent. It's something that's able to give you the income that you need so that you can do what you want to do in retirement without having to continually watch the market and watch to see if there's a tweet that showed up in the middle of the night that's going to create more volatility. Individual investors used to say, I own stocks and I own bonds. And why did they do that back in the day? They did it back in the day because they knew that the stocks that they had, it represented risk and it also represented potential growth. But they were really compensating for that risk by also keeping part of their money safe in something that was steadily and consistently creating income for themselves. Today, most of the market and most advisors have kind of fallen prey to what I call the disease of ease. And that's where they basically just throw our money into stock mutual funds or bond funds. And they say, well, there you go. You're safe. You're well diversified. But the problem is, is that there's a very big difference between owning fixed income investments like corporate bonds and preferred stocks 
and owning them individually versus owning them in a fund. Not only are funds expensive, but you never get away from having to sell shares to take the income. Whereas if you own these things individually, now you have a steady stream of income that will last you potentially the rest of your life. Well, that's a wrap today. I hope that I tried to encourage you to be watchful for the icebergs and to be prepared for them. But remember, none of your situations will change unless you start to proceed to fix the problem. Find the cancer inside your portfolio and begin to invest for income. Then you can know that you have a steady stream of income that will last as long as you do. So if some part of today's discussion really resonated with you and you have questions about today's discussion, you have questions that you want to have answered with regards to something that we discussed, I'm going to encourage you, do the right thing and reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some materials for you that I know will be of value and we'll email them to you or we'll toss them in the mail if you prefer. If you have questions, I will do my very best to spend a few moments to answer those questions for you. So take the first step. Reach out to us at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Have a blessed day. Remember, this is the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Or visit johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. 